Talk to my friend Drew. And Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Oye, como va? Listen to how it goes. Listen to how the rhythm goes. Oye, como va? Do you think Jill Biden knows what Oye, como va means? Listen to how the Drew Allen Show goes. This is Drew Allen starting this thing off with a good old-fashioned Cinco de Mayo tune to get the juices flowing out there. It's May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, right? But uh, I think every day is Cinco de Mayo under the Biden regime. Don't you think so? Doesn't that seem about right? Drink a margarita if things suck. Well, things do indeed suck, and they're only going to get worse under the Biden regime. And that's what Jin Saki tells us, doesn't she? Ah, upset. Eh, have a margarita. Just drink a margarita. Do you think tequila companies got a hold of her? Do you think that she's corrupt like Biden? Do you think Was she lobbying Jin Saki for alcohol companies when she came out and said to drink a margarita? I mean, we know she was working behind the scenes to set up that new new gig she's got, that high-paying gig at MSNBC. She was interviewing, negotiating for her next gig while she was the press secretary. Was she lobbying with the alcohol companies? Was she lobbying on their behalf? I don't. We'll never know. We'll never know. But uh, that's that's pretty much what what May fifth Cinco de Mayo is really about. It's about alcohol, a day in which Americans celebrate alcohol, getting drunk. It's great. Have a margarita. Well, uh, Jen Psaki, her, her press secretary has been announced. That's right. It's going to be, no surprise here, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. She is, uh, she's a black woman, the black woman you've seen, filling in from time to time. No surprise um, that that's going to be the successor. We saw that coming. She's going to be the next White House press secretary. It's a historic moment. Everything is a historic moment with the Democrats. Of course, don't you know, she is the first black... <laughs> I just can't with the Democrats anymore. She's the first black female press secretary. I, this just has me in stitches every time. I can't take these people seriously anymore. I just can't do it. But Sa- Saki was out there announcing it. And uh, she, she also announced that she's, she's gay. I actually didn't. I had no idea that Corrine Jean-Pierre was gay. I didn't know. I didn't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I'm gay blind in addition to colorblind. I mean, I could see she was black with my eyes. I never thought of her as a black woman. I just saw her as another um, useful idiot, frankly. They're all the same. You know, stupidity doesn't discriminate. Lying doesn't discriminate. And that that's what I see in the Biden regime. I don't see color. I don't see ethnicity. I don't see uh, gender fluidity. I, I don't see pronouns. I just see a bunch of propagandists. But nonetheless, I learned something from Jin Saki, uh, her... Her, uh, the inheritor of the, the propaganda throne, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she's gay. She's gay. And, and she had to point that out because that, that, those are the only qualifications the Democrats have. You know, they, they're, qualifi- they're, they, they're not truth tellers. They're not intelligent. They're not honest. They're not, they don't have any integrity. So they got to point out, you know, hey, hey, her qualifications include being gay and black. Being black and an alphabet person. Maybe, uh, but, but Saki made sure to point that out, you know, that she was black as well, as if we couldn't see that with our own eyes. No kidding. No kidding. First black female. Uh, maybe she wanted to make sure that the blind community out there knew that Corrine Jean-Pierre was, in fact, black. Maybe she was just 
just just doing that. But she also mentioned, I believe, that Corrine Jean-Pierre, you know, she's this is a big deal because she's representing the gay community, the LGBTQ, et cetera, community now. Because she's gay, she's representing them. Uh, I mean, she's not blind, so the blind community is excluded. Now, that would be something else, wouldn't it? That would be a real first. When when will we get the first blind press secretary? Now, that is something I want to see. Or actually, I got something better. How about the first mute press secretary? That's right. That's right. The first press secretary who can't speak, who communicates with us press with the press through sign language. Wouldn't that be something else? We should all learn sign language. Or, here's an idea. Instead of having someone stand nearby like they always do at these press conferences and sign, well, well, now we can have a press secretary who signs and someone nearby to translate and tell us what they're saying verbally. Anyway, just a couple of thoughts out there. Speaking of first, thinking of first out there that I'd like to see. Well, Saki's out May 13th, replaced by black gay female, uh, whoop de doo another liar in there. Uh, is she allowed to have an, abortion, uh, uh, an opinion on abortion? That's what I want to know. I'm talking about Karine Jean-Pierre, the new press secretary, incoming press secretary. She's gay, right? I'm ser- I mean, I'm very serious. I'm just asking because I'm very confused about who is allowed to have an opinion on abortion. I'm not supposed to be able to have an opinion because I can't give birth. But if she's gay, I'm just stick with me here. Uh, that should mean, translate, that she she's not going to be getting pregnant either because you'd have to be with a man. So, I mean, I'm told it's people with uteruses, but what about gay women? Why should they have an opinion about abortion? I mean, what's different about them? Sexually speaking, right? Can't get pregnant. They'll never know abortion. And uh, I don't think they should be able to have an opinion about it either. I'm just... just I'm not being crass here, by the way. I'm, I'm just pointing out the insanity of the leftist points... With things like that. Anyway, more on abortion later. It's Cinco de Mayo. I'm going to stick with Cinco de Mayo because, you know, <clears throat> this is this is one of those things. Uh, before I explain Cinco de Mayo for all of you, you, you might be interested in this. This is fascinating. Cinco de Mayo, you, you might not believe me now, but you're going to believe me in a few minutes. Cinco de Mayo is a celebration of American greatness. Cinco de Mayo is a celebration of capitalism, and it is representative of how unique and grand an amazing America is. America is the greatest nation in the history of the world, and Cinco de Mayo proves it. But first, I want to start with this message from a doctor. No, no, no. Uh, she, she does have a PhD. I mean, it's kind of a fake PhD, but it's it's a doctor, Dr. Jill Biden, you know, the woman that Joe Biden's always out there. She's a, she's a teacher as well. I sleep with a teacher every night. Ha ha, you're so funny, Joe. You're so funny. So anyway, now Jill is not a doctor of linguistics. Right? She doesn't speak Italian like me. Io parlo italiano. Io non ho detto prima forse, però è importante. Ho abitato in Italia per tanto tempo. Cinque anni più o meno. See, I speak Italian. It's a pretty cool little trick there, huh? Was really helpful in securing uh, a date with my wife. Uh, it, 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 my, my now wife, right? But anyway, so, so Jill Biden, unlike me, uh, uh, does not speak uh, more than one language. I mean, she barely speaks English, I think, like her husband. She certainly doesn't speak Spanish, as you'll find out here. She delivers her uh, Cinco de Mayo message for you all. So she's not a doctor of the Spanish language. Um, but I want, I, want to play, I, want, I want to play this clip of, of Jill Biden so you never forget it. Uh, I want to play this for my Spanish-speaking friends and even my non-Spanish-speaking friends to commemorate this great day, Cinco de Mayo. And now I give you Jill Biden. So say it with me. Si, say 
Podway, the future is ours. Say it with me now. See, say, Podway. <clears throat> See, say, Podway. Isn't this not amazing, you know? These people who claim to be the smartest amongst us, the most brilliant, there you have, PhD, Jill Biden herself, married to the dumbest man, perhaps, in American history to hold office, certainly to be president. Si se puede. I mean, Spanish is not uh, some unspoken language in America. Si se puede. In fact, that was one of the uh, rallying cries of, of Barack Obama on his campaign trail, right? With his, as he tried to lure in and seduce the Hispanic vote there. Si se puede. Yes, we can. And uh, Joe Biden was his vice presidential candidate in 2008 as he went around the country saying si se puede. How did she miss it? How does she not know how? To, that was from last year, I believe, in fairness. I, I, I would love to hear. Maybe she skipped out. I haven't heard Jill Biden wish any Cisse Podways this year. Um, I mean, that wasn't a Cinco de Mayo thing, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's just it's just, it's just, just amazing here. Here's Jill Biden. Cisse Podway. Everyone, well, except Jill Biden, knows it's Cisse Puede. Oh, boy, these people are amazing. Well, anyway, so there you got Cisse Podway. Does it, so does anyone know what Cinco de Mayo is? Now, this is very interesting to me. I think we should talk about it for just a minute. Obviously, as you know, I will tie this in in ways that you cannot imagine to politics and useful information. But do you know that nobody cares about Cinco de Mayo in Mexico? Nobody cares. A lot of people think Cinco de Mayo is Mexico's July 4th, but it's not. Mexico's Independence Day is actually September 16th. Cinco de Mayo, you know what it's like? It's like Alamo Day in Texas. That's the best way to look at Cinco de Mayo because that's the equivalent. It's not a big deal, Alamo Day, right? But in Texas, it might get a little fanfare. You might drink a Shiner Bach in San Antonio to remember the Alamo. And uh, Puebla is the San Antonio of Mexico. Puebla. That is the town in Mexico that actually celebrates Cinco de Mayo a little bit. And it, it goes back to uh, May 5th, 1862. You had a, had a ragged, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an under, classic underdog story. It, it diverts a little bit from the Alamo analogy here, and you'll understand why. But So back uh, May 5th, 1862, let me, let me paint a picture for you. You've got this ragtag group of Mexicans. Well, what we now call Mexicans. But back then it was the uh, mestizos. Or as Joe Biden probably says, the mestizos. But they were the, uh, the mudbloods, right? If you're a Harry Potter fan, they were mixed bloods. You know, I think they were mixed with indigenous and European types. But they were the mestizos, the, the mudbloods out there in Puebla. And then you had the Zapotec. Or as Jill Biden might say, the Zapotec. Zapotec. Who knows? Anyway, they're in another like indigenous type. You know, like Cherokees, Apaches here. So you got the mestizos, the mixed bloods, and the Zapotecs. Ragtag group, ill-equipped Mexican forces, right? Well, they defeated the mighty French at the Battle of Puebla. And they killed about a thousand French soldiers. So it's not quite like the Alamo in that respect, right? Because, you know, I mean, I'm a Texan. And the Alamo, well, all the Texans were killed or rounded up. So that, the, the, the battle itself, the Alamo, uh, didn't work out great for the Texans. But what it did do is it outraged enough people in Texas to flock and join the forces so that they could then go and defeat the mighty Santa Ana. 
So you know, it's it's a it's a it's a day of resistance for the for the for the Pueblans in Mexico. There, Puebla's day of resistance. A ragtag group of Mexicans beat the superior French in a battle in Puebla, Mexico. So what? Did, what? What? Why, why did I lead out saying this is a this is an important day for America? You know why? You know why? Because what did America do to a holiday that is not even celebrated in Mexico, apart from a little place called Puebla? Well, we blew it up. We took an obscure Mexican holiday that not even Mexicans celebrate, and we blew it up and made it this national day of drinking in America. That is that is huge. That is huge. I mean, we took this thing, capitalism. That's what this is about. Capitalism in the USA. And, and, and we, we used it to promote Mexican beverages, alcoholic beverages, Modelo, Corona, Margaritas, Tequila, uh, Anheuser-Busch, Miller. You know, they got a hold of this thing. Restaurants, everybody. And we turned this into a big day of drinking. And this is more proof that America is the greatest country in the history of the world. Point to me one other place in the world outside the United States of America that has taken the Alamo Day or any other obscure holiday in some state, some town, some city in America and made it basically a nationally celebrated day of drinking. Nobody, nobody. Only Americans can take an obscure holiday from another country that no one's ever heard of, that they don't even celebrate in that country and make it a hit in America. My goodness, folks, America's the greatest nation in the history of the world and Cinco de Mayo Cisse Poitier proves it. Proves it. Uh, Speaking of Mexico... I told you I would tie this together. Speaking of Mexico, did you hear about the latest wall? No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's not at our southern border. The Democrats still object to that. But there is a new wall, and it's around the Supreme Court. So we, uh, you know, protected the, uh, the, the hallowed halls of Congress, right, with a wall after January 6th. Now we got a wall erected up around the Supreme Court. I don't know why they need to do that. Again, to make my point that I made a couple days ago, what are they scared of? Democrats aren't violent. What do they have to worry about? They're the most peaceful protesters in the world. I mean, they should just unlock those Supreme Court doors, get rid of all the police, and those Democrats would just sit there on their hands and sing kumbaya, right? Right? Yeah, of course not. But the Democrats, apparently, when it comes to protecting things in the country, uh, you know, in the Capitol, or their own homes, walls, I mean, it's the go-to option for them, Right? But when it comes to the southern border, what do they tell us? Walls don't work. It's a waste of money. They're not going to keep anybody out. Oh, time and time again, we see their lies. And Mayorkas, by the way, Secretary Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security. Well, you know, under Democrat control, I'm not going to call it that anymore. I want you to do this with me. It's, it's not the Department of Homeland Security under Biden and Mayorkas. You know what it, it is? It's the D- Department of Homeland Insecurity. Or, or the Department Against Homeland Security. Now, Mayorkas, he acknowledged just a couple days ago, I think it was, uh, he was at this hearing of the House Judiciary Committee. I am so sick of these hearings, I got to tell you. You know why? Because, I mean, I mean, we learn a lot in these hearings, but it's, it's infuriating, is it not? We, we learn about Fauci, we learn about corruption, we learn about all these things the Democrats are up to, but, but, but they, they don't go anywhere. There's no consequences once we learn it. I'd almost rather not know. Ignorance is bliss, right? I mean, not really. I'm, I'm making a point. I mean, I, I want to know these things, but it's frustrating to me that it doesn't lead anywhere. 
But anyway, we have all these hearings. We hear Fauci lie, like I said. We hear Fauci's a crook. We hear, you know, he lied. He funded the research in the Wuhan lab to develop coronaviruses from bats, and nothing happens to him. So anyway, Mayorkas on uh, whatever this, you know what? No, it wasn't. It wasn't this week. This ha- this meeting, I think, took place uh, last week. Last week. I'll, but because I'm going to play a clip in a minute that's on the Fox Sunday show with Brett Baer. So if, if that's from Sunday, then this had to have taken place before then, right? See? See, conservatives can do math. We can figure these things out with our brains. So anyway, last week, Mayorkas, he was asked by Jim Jordan if he knew about a Fox News report that 42 people on the terror watch list or no-fly list had been apprehended trying to sneak into the country under, well, Mayorkas's watch and the Biden administration. So he says in this, in this clip, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to play the, the Sunday clip first, but this is what, what happened under the questioning of Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan says, Secretary, have any of the 42 illegal migrants on the terrorist watch list or no-fly list encountered on our southwest border, well, have any of them been released into the United States? And Mayorkas says, Ranking Member Jordan, as I mentioned before, I will provide the data to you with respect to the disposition of each one. I do not know the answer to your question. And Jordan said back, Well, the Secretary of Homeland Security does not know the answer to this status of 42 individuals who came to our southern border illegally are on the no-fly list and the and the no and the terrorist watch list. You do not do not know whether they have been released or not into the country. That's your testimony so that he throws it back in his face, which is astounding. Right. So, I mean, Fox News has reports corroborated that there, there, there are 42 illegal migrants that are on the terrorist watch list or no-fly list. That's dangerous people that we don't want here who are who are a national security threat potentially. And um, <clears throat> so we have reports that they have been apprehended. And so he, he asked if they've been released into the border because we know that this administration, especially under Mayorkas, well, they have been releasing these people. It's worse than that, though. They're not just releasing these people into the country the illegals, Joe Biden has been putting them on planes in the dead of night in secrecy and flying them into the interior of the country. And this is one of those stories, again, it gets buried under the abortion narrative, buried under everything, but this is one of the greatest threats to the country, and it doesn't go away. Think about this. While all these issues that outrage us keep coming up day in and day out, you know, it's, it's the news cycle. It's what the hot thing is, you know, and, and they're all important issues that we're talking about. But while we're talking about these other things, none of these other problems are being addressed. So while we sit here and fight, you know, for parental rights, um, while we look at the issue uh, of Biden family corruption, whatever it is, at the same time we're talking about that and being distracted, we still have these illegals coming into the border with no one reporting on it, really. It's not in the news. And so anyway, 42 illegals have tried to come in this country illegal. And, and Mayorkas gives an astonishing, stunning, shocking, frightening, frankly, response. He says, I don't know the answer to your question. So he couldn't answer it there. And that's when Jordan says back again, 
Okay, so what I just heard Jordan says essentially is that the Secretary of Homeland Security, you Mayorkas, well, you don't know the answer to the status of 42 individuals who came to our southern border illegally are on the no-fly list and the terrorist watch list. You don't know whether they've been released or not into the country. That's what you just said. And that's where it ended. So obviously, this is a problem. Mayorkas goes on Fox News Sunday. Goes on Fox News Sunday. And I'm going to play the clip of, uh, of uh, the audio right here of Mayorkas. Just, just part of it, okay? Bear with me. It's not too long. It might be 30 seconds or so. All right. Mayorkas on Brett Baer's Fox Sunday show trying to save face after basically telling Jim Jordan that he doesn't have an answer and doesn't know what the result was after they caught those 42 illegals on a terrorist or no-fly watch list. Mayorkas on the Fox News Sunday show with Bear, go. Do you have that data now? Oh, so yes, and I, I did not want to speak, misspeak in response to Ranking Member Jordan's question because we know where those 42 individuals are right. on the TSDB, the terrorist screening database. Let me, let me share with you what happens. Uh, they can be removed. They can be placed into custody for criminal prosecution. They could be cooperating in a law enforcement investigation. And I don't intend uh, to provide that data publicly if it's law enforcement sensitive. But we know where those 42 are. And I did not want to speak with respect to the disposition of each and every one of them. But we know where they are. And we've got our hands on it. Oh, good, good, good. I feel so relieved now. Don't you feel better about that? I mean, I feel great. Mayorkas didn't really answer the question, but he assures us that, oh, don't worry. We, we, we know where they are. We know where they are. Yep, just, just, just believe. Why wouldn't you believe the Biden administration? Why wouldn't you believe me? It's not like we've established a, a ministry of truth. It's not like we've lied about anything before, right? I mean, we didn't, uh, we didn't claim that the uh, Border Patrol officers down there were whipping illegal migrants, <laughs> did we? No, no, no. Oh, oops, we did that. Oh, hey, we didn't, we didn't claim that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop uh, was Russian disinformation. Oops. Oh, by the way, we, we never, never would lie about Trump-Russia clue. Oops. Or quid pro quo. Oops. I mean, this is just, this is ridiculous. But anyway, I just want to get into this again. So he says... He says we shouldn't be worried. Don't worry. The highly trustworthy Biden regime has it all under control. Well, the interview goes on. And, I, you know, before I get to the next part, I just, I just want to reiterate something you just heard my orcas say. Let me share with you what happens, right? Okay, so he's going to be transparent. My, you know, he's asked, okay, you said you didn't know what happened to those 42, what their status was. All right. Do you want to respond to that? Basically, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me share with you exactly what happened. So so they can be removed. It's like he's reading a standard operating procedure. This guy is a robot. I mean, he's supposed to know everything, and he just repeats basically what the manual says is supposed to happen. So he doesn't know, doesn't care, doesn't even pretend like he's invested in it. Oh, oh, let me let me share with you what happens. And then it's almost like he opens up the booklet, right? Okay, what is the what is the uh what are the terms? What are we supposed to do with these people? And he said, okay, well, well, one, they can be removed. 
They can, too, uh, be placed into custody for criminal prosecution. Uh, three here, it says they could be cooperating in a law enforcement investigation. Uh, but you know what? If that, I don't intend to provide that data publicly if it's a, a law enforcement. So, in other words, I'm not going to tell you jack diddly. I'm not going to tell you jack diddly. But, uh, but don't worry. We know where they are. So, anyway, he's a liar. That should alarm everyone. I mean, even if they're apprehended, even if they caught all these people, we have an open border, and that means that that okay, that means that a minimum of forty-two terrorists, people who want to do harm to our country, tried to come in through the border and successfully did so, but were caught once they entered. Forty-two. How many terrorists? How many people that want to do harm? How many violent criminals? have come into the country and were not apprehended. How many violent criminals who aren't on the terrorist watch list are in this country? These are alarming questions. And these people are just walking around our country right now. Walking around our country. Criminals, violent perpetrators. Oh, but you know, oh, we got to take care of these people. You know, it's, it's our responsibility. If, if a few Americans get shot up and die like that, that young daughter in San Francisco, remember that? Remember that years ago? She was murdered by an illegal alien. Uh, what, what's that area down there in San Francisco? Pier, Pier 13, Pier whatever they're called, Pier 39. You know, one of those piers they have, which are tourist attractions. She got gunned down by an illegal immigrant. Lost her life. A young woman. Life snuffed out of her by an illegal alien. But we're not supposed to think about that. We're not supposed to protect our border because, you know, yeah, maybe a few people get in here and murder Americans. Maybe a few illegals come in here and do great harm. Maybe they're terrorists, but, you know, there's a lot that aren't. So, I mean, we can't stop illegals coming in here who are violent at the expense of nonviolent ones, right? Unbelievable. So, all right, all right, let's go on with this interview. As painful as it is, just stick with me. So, <clears throat> Brett Baer asks Mayorkas if he knows how many illegal aliens en- encountered at the southwest border had been released since Biden took office. So, he had to push him and press him and everything else. Mayorkas always pushes back, doesn't want to, he squirms in his chair because this is the scary number. Think about the context of what I was just talking about. 42 terrorists tried to come in this country. How many terrorists succeeded in coming in the country and then how many non-terrorists in terms of their designation being on an actual list that are just violent criminals have come in the country well Mayorkas agreed that the number of illegal aliens encountered at our border who have been released that are walking around this country is at least 836,000 since Biden became president 836,000 illegal aliens have been just released. Released into this country. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. So, anyway, let's, uh, let's get into another fun topic, right? Not depressing at all. Not depressing at all. Abortion. Abortion. Um... You know, I I just, I've got to dig in on this thing here about the left saying, if you don't have a uterus, just uh, shut up. If you don't have a uterus, shut up. You can't. Let me, let let me, let me, let me actually check here. Let me see. I I haven't checked in a while. Nope. 
whoop, nope, I still don't have a uterus. No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't doing any tubing kind of style stuff here. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not a leftist. I'm not a leftist. We don't do that. But anyway, I've got no uterus, but I'm going to speak my mind anyway. We need more men speaking up. And frankly, you, you know, I, 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 uh, I remember, by the way, I remember, you know, this was, this was back in December, if I, December of 2021. Do you remember when the abortion rights activists, they were worried at the time that the Supreme Court was going to strike down Roe v. Wade, overturn it? And, and, and there was this headline in USA Today, I think it was. I, ne- I, won't, I, I remember this because I talked about it on the show and I had a moment of levity and fun because I found it hilarious. So the abortion rights activists there, uh, this headline said something along the lines of, of uh, the, uh, the female activists there, the abortion proponents that are protesting, they find themselves asking, where are our male supporters? Where they were upset that there weren't enough people protesting. They they were wondering where their male supporters were. So I thought that we weren't allowed to have an opinion, right? If we don't have a uterus, we can't weigh in on the issue. That's not what they mean, of course. You can weigh in on the issue of abortion only if you agree with the abortion advocates. That's what they mean. And and it was so it was so nutty back then. Do you remember the 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 women? They were standing outside the Supreme Court, right? And I think they had a little, I don't know if it looked like some lemonade stand or if they just had had signs held up. But there were two or three women standing there protesting outside the Supreme Court. And they were ingesting these pills while they chanted abortion pills forever. Now, I don't know if they were actually abortion pills or just placebos. I hope they were placebos. I cannot imagine them just pounding actual abortion pills, what kind of harm that would cause to the body. But it's sick what they were doing nonetheless. But, uh, you know, this, this, this whole, the, the left is really revealing how illogical and foolish they are right now. I mean, all the, you know, we, we were only supposed to call them birthing persons, for example. Uh, you know, you have all this gender fluidity. You know, men can get pregnant, they've been trying to tell us. Transgenderism. And you know what? NBC just did some, some series. Part of it's today's show, I think it was. And then they, they, they brought in, they interviewed a bunch of uh, birthing persons that they were calling women. Shame on them, by the way, for calling them women and not birthing persons. But nonetheless, the Today Show brought in all these women, interviewed them, and they were women who had all had abortions. A bunch of chicks with uteruses who had had abortions, and they were brought in to talk about how great abortion was, how thankful they were for abortions. But you know, they didn't bring in any men to talk about the abortions they'd had. They were women. They were women. There are two genders, by the way. Two, so, you know, a week ago, it's there's not two genders. And now it's very clear there are two genders because they say, well, only women can weigh in on the issue. Only people with uteruses. Well, what happened to that? What, I identify as a woman, and I'm going to weigh in on abortion. Okay, you can't stop me. Drew Allen, uh, woman speaking now. I, I've got my disguise ready. I have convinced myself in my brain that there's a uterus down there, and I am not in support of, uh, of this, uh, this universal abortion. Unbelievable how sick and stupid these people are. All right, all right. What do you want to hear? Should, should I tell you about the Biden climate advisor? 
threatening to basically shut down airlines if they don't follow along with Biden's Green New Deal, these rules they're pushing out? Or, or, or should I talk about how Obama incited an insurrection? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have a quick sip of water, a quick sip of water here, and then I'm going to come back and I will uh, surprise you with where we go. This is Drew Allen. I'll be right back. And I'm back. America's minister of truth back in the throne of truth. Drew Allen back with you to finish out this episode of the Drew Allen show. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stone cold sober. I did not go and have a margarita. Not yet. I do not drink on the job. I take this very, very seriously. I just had a sip of water because I had been talking for 32 minutes straight and well, I was thirsty. All right. I'll have a margarita later, perhaps. Um, all right, so let's dig into this. I made up my mind about what I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to talk about abortion still before we switch up the lineup and go into Obama's uh, insurrection incitement. Well, <clears throat> a couple things here. The, the, the left, I want, you, I want to explain something very clearly that we need to understand about the left, and that is BLM, these abortion activists, All of these organizations and groups are the same. They're not really protesting any specific issue. They're just the militant arm of the left sent out like stormtroopers. Well, you know, not not the Nazi kinds, not what I'm talking about here. But, you know, they're they're, they're like, like the Star Wars type. But they're sent out there to wreak havoc, to try and intimidate people, and try and force, force their agenda down Americans' throats using fear and violence to do so. So the latest is the left is paying a group of dangerous lunatics to protest outside the justices' homes. Did you hear about this? That's right. They have actually published the addresses of the justices on the Supreme Court, doxed them. No, Taylor Lorenz was not behind this one. That's the Washington Post writer who doxed the libs of TikTok account holder and provided her information. But nonetheless, another dangerous group is out there putting putting this... Uh, these addresses out there. I mean, imagine if we ever did this to them. Imagine if we put out the address of Katanji Brown Jackson. They There would be outrage. Everywhere. There would be violent protest in response to that. Everything's violence with these people. But this group, uh, they're calling themselves Ruth Sent Us. That's right. Apparently, these godless people, these spiritualist people, well, they believe they can communicate with the dead because Ruth is telling them, to do this. Isn't it cute? Ruth sent us. So yeah, they posted the addresses of uh, Alito, of Clarence Thomas, of Brett Kavanaugh, of Amy Coney Barrett, and uh, John Roberts. And this is all public on their website. Pardon me. So uh, they said, announcing a walk-by Wednesday, May 11th, 2022, at the homes of the six extremist justices Three in Virginia and three in Maryland. There you go. They're telling, telling, telling us where they live as well. And they go on, if you'd like to join or lead a peaceful protest, let us know. Peaceful. Peaceful like the ones that took place in L.A.? Right, right. Peaceful like the BLM riots? <clears throat> right. Here they are calling these judges extremists, and yet these extremists are trying to dox these justices and intimidate them and threaten them by going and, and protesting outside their homes. It's not enough to go to their place of work, the Supreme Court, now, they're going to go to their homes. 
And they, they tweeted out whether you're a Catholic for choice. By the way, that's that's that that doesn't exist. You can't be a Catholic for choice. Anyway, whether you're a Catholic for choice, ex-Catholic or other of other or no faith, recognize that six extremist Catholics set out to overturn. They're not extremist Catholics. Uh, they're originalists who are actually doing their jobs, saying that Roe v. Wade was a bad law, that it didn't have any ground to stand on, which is absolutely true, as I've talked about. I'm not going to get into it again. You can listen to the last episode if you want. But they're also encouraging people to go and protest at local Catholic church, at a local Catholic church on May 8th, Sunday, May 8th. I wonder why they're waiting till Wednesday, May 11th. Is it going to take them that long to get enough people to do this, to organize? But no, they're, they're paying they're paying people stipends funded by some unknown source, of course, you know, George Soros-type money <clears throat> that's tied to radical leftist groups, including, by the way, Black Lives Matter. So Black Lives Matter is now supporting another cause, paying protesters to protest um, the Supreme Court justices who want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Overturn Roe v. Wade and give states the right to set their own... I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go off on a tangent here. You know, most of these red states even, and I'm not even gonna get into my opinion perhaps on this right now, but just as a matter of fact, most of these red states, well, what, what, what abortion laws have they passed? Heartbeat ban. So they limit the, the, uh, the time in which you can get abortion to, you know, 15 weeks. So you have 15 weeks to get an abortion. That is not banning abortion. That's putting limits on when it can take place. And this whole argument, trying to decide when this growing thing inside a woman's body is actually qualified as a human being, the fact that we're doing this, we're, we're twisting ourselves into, into pretzels. Look, the life starts when you get down with it and, you know, it swims up the river, implants an egg. (laughs) I'm sorry if this is too graphic. Fertilizes the egg and then you have new life beginning. It's new life at that moment. That's why life begins at conception. You can argue about it all day long, but it is. How is it not a life then? Oh, it's a life two weeks later. It's a life when it has a nose. It's a life when it has a leg. It's a life when it, when what? It is a life. It is a life. And we just try and justify it. This is the moral issue we're talking about. I mean, fundamentally, it goes back to Reagan too. Do you know what changed Reagan's mind and made him uh, take a position against abortion? It weighed heavily on his mind when he was governor of California. He, 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 he was going back and forth with the issue, losing sleep over it, trying to understand it, asking the same questions you're asking and I'm asking right now. And the thing that did it is that by law, you know, if a man shoves a woman down the stairs who's pregnant and that baby dies, that's considered murder. But if a woman kills her own child, it's not considered murder. So a man who takes the life of that child well, he's a murderer, but a woman who takes the life of her own child is not. I know this is heavy stuff. I know it's heavy stuff. And again, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just, look, we have to talk about this. 
It's so important that we talk about this and stop lying to ourselves. So Reagan looked at that and said, how can this be? How can this be? Because what it, what it comes down to is intention, desire. If a woman wants to have the child, it's a baby. If she doesn't ha- want to have the child, it's a clump of cells. That's essentially where the argument goes. And the Supreme Court's not even being radical here. They're not banning abortion. They're not making a moral determination because that is for societies to do. That's for for individual states to determine what they want to do. California, radical abortion laws, absolutely inhumane. But the Supreme Court is saying, look, you know, there's no right to abortion in the Constitution. All the things I talked about before. Making laws that, that encourage people to be married, for example. Things like that's what this comes down to. It's not a fundamental right. It's a fake right that a bunch of activists fought to, uh, to force us, force on the American people a long time ago. And the, and the Supreme Court's finally coming around and saying, you know what? No, this is a states' rights issue. States can determine laws regarding abortion. And if you don't like it, go to another state. Anyway... Anyway, guerrilla warfare, that's what's going on. Intimidate, wreak havoc, create headlines for the media. That's what's going on. And Biden's out there going crazy with this too. They, they, can't even, they just have to rile people up, make absurd accusations. Biden's out there saying, you know, this decision is going to lead to LGBTQ children being segregated in school. Really? This guy was a pro-segregationist. But here he is saying this is going to lead to LGBTQ. How irresponsible. How stupid. No one's calling for that. No one's calling for that. But this is where they go. And somehow, their adoring audience of radical leftists in this country just eat it up. Eat it up. So anyway, the Ruth Sinus crowd's out there being paid. And you know what? In Los Angeles, let's get to this story real quick. Let me see here. All right. So in L.A., right, you just had a bunch of protests of abortion activists, leftists out there. And there are photos and videos online. You can watch all this stuff. Officers are sitting there monitoring this crowd, which grew. It started out as as about 30 people outside the federal courthouse building there in L.A., and then it swelled to 250 people flooding the streets and doing what? Blocking traffic. Blocking traffic. Remember the Canadian protesters? That was decried. Those people were rounded up and arrested. The American government, our Democrats here, supported what Trudeau was doing. They didn't have a right to protest. Freedom. But these people are blocking traffic. And it got, it got bad. The protesters, per usual, unexpectedly, in a city like Los Angeles, they smashed the glass door of a Planet Fitness, smashed the window of a police cruiser, they, uh, they tagged a bus stop with uh, the words Google LASD gangs. That's a threat. They knocked over fences at City Hall. They spray-painted slogans on the pavement. Damage, again, just like BLM. And <clears throat> you know what? You know what? Uh, Barack Obama bears uh, some of the blame for this. He incited this insurrection. Look, we can make that argument. Trump got out there on January 6th and told... His audience, the people that gathered there at that rally, he told them to peacefully make their voices 
be heard. And they accused Donald Trump, impeached him over it for inciting an insurrection. They're still pursuing that. They locked people up who were participating in that, peaceful protesters even, who walked inside the Capitol and their only crime was trespassing as they took photos and selfies. They were locked up without bail in D.C. gulags. Do you think these people are going to be locked up and have their rights stripped from them who broke police car windows and so on and so forth? Of course not. But these, these riots in L.A. occurred hours after the Obamas came out and begged pro-abortion activists to be activated. He told them not, to, not just to turn back to their work, families, or daily tasks. He told them, no, nah, don't do that. Instead, join with far-left activists at a local protest. He told them to join, to protest, to get in the streets. He wrote, um, it was lengthy, but here's part of it. A clear majority of Americans support Roe, Obama said. Yet we recognize that while many are angry and frustrated by this report, some of those who support Roe may feel helpless and instinctively turn back to their work or families or daily tasks. Telling themselves that because this outcome may have been predictable, there's nothing any of us can do. Okay, there's, there's Brock. Don't believe there's nothing you can do. You can do this, Brock says. We're, not, we're, not, uh, we're asking you to join with the activists who've been, sur- who's been sur- sounding the alarm on this issue for years and act. Stand with them at a local protest. Volunteer with them on a campaign. Now, I don't see him being like Trump and de- deliberately saying, go be very peaceful. He doesn't go out of his way to demand peace, does he? No, he just demands activism. Activism. And hours after he released that, well, you had riots. Riots. Dangerous, violent riots in the streets. This is the thing. The, the left constantly invokes, incites violence and insurrection and hatred around this country. And that's really all the Democrats have. That's why they've made abortion this issue. That's why they're doing it. Because it's all they have. Anger and hatred. Anger and hatred. And, and this, is, this is their Hail Mary, right? They, they think that a majority of people, this is going to make them forget what the, what the failures of this administration are. They think it's going to invigorate their base and save them from humiliation at the ballot box. Because everything else they've tried has failed. And they're clinging to this CNN poll from January that said 69% of people across this country want Roe versus Wade to remain. The law. <clears throat> That's what they're hoping. But I, I don't think it's going to work. You know why? You know, a majority of Americans may very well, as I said, uh, last time, may very well oppose overturning Roe v. Wade, but a, a majority of voters also oppose open borders. They oppose critical race theory. They oppose trans athletes competing in women's sports. These are all Democrat-supported issues. Half of the American voters, by the way, they blame still rising gas prices on Democrats and their policies. Even after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, there was a Rasmussen poll out there that found that 64% of likely voters surveyed blame the Biden administration's policies for increasing inflation, despite their attempts to lie and blame it on Putin. So, you know, it's not looking good for them, but they're going to keep pushing this and it's going to get violent. It's going to get scary. They tried to paint those outraged parents in Virginia who dared speak out against critical race theory, the mass mandates and uh, transgender policies. 
At school board meetings is domestic terrorists. And what happened? Virginians turned around and voted for Republicans. They swept the state, took back the governorship, lieutenant governorship, attorney general. They flipped the House. And 53% of Virginia voters disapproved at the time of Biden's job performance. Um, so this is what they're, they're going with. They're going with. And, and like these Gregorian monks, the Democrats, all they do is continue to say the GOP is a threat to democracy. That's all they have to say. And, and what, what I would say is, you know, what you have here is a lifeless Democratic Party. And they were in desperate need of an issue they could use to stir up their ignorant, they are, and unmotivated base. That's what Obama's alluding to, right? When he says, you know, don't go back to your work, your families, and everything else. Don't try and make a living. Get out there in the streets and protest. Because anger and hatred are the lifeblood of the Democrats. And there's no issue that fires up their base more than Republicans who want to get in the way of an irresponsible mother and the abortion of her unborn child. This is, this is, they worship at the altar of abortion. And it's irrational. They can't even have a conversation about it. Doesn't matter that Roe v. Wade doesn't, overturning Roe v. Wade doesn't actually ban abortions. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that it just means that states, once again, have the right to determine their own abortion laws. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter either um, that, that abortion's not a constitutional right. Doesn't matter. All that matters is that they have this issue they can use to foment their hatred, encourage violent protests, and just hope, pray that hate is enough um, to stave off defeat at the ballot box. They hate Trump. They hate America. They hate you. They hate me. And, um, you know, they've thrown everything they had out there before abortion, and this is their kitchen sink. Their kitchen sink. They're throwing the kitchen sink in America. It's abortion, the issue of abortion, and Americans are already getting hurt. But why should we be surprised, right? I mean, Democrats are willing to lie, they're willing to cheat, they're willing to steal to retain power, and they're also willing to kill, even if it's the innocent unborn. Abortion is, is death, as I said before, for the unborn, but it's life for the Democratic Party. That's just, that's just where it is. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> speaking of uh, poll numbers, though, OMG, 2024 shock, baby. 2024 shock. What am I talking about? Biden, 36%, Trump, 50%. That's what a poll found. If Biden and Trump right now were to run, well, Trump will get 50%, Biden, 30%, 36%. There's, there's zero chance, by the way, that Biden is going to run. In 2024, zero chance. He may say all day he plans to run again for real. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're all already seeing this. I'll give you a perfect example. There, I mean, there is nobody respects him. Everyone's trying to collude against him right now to figure out who's going to be the front runner. There is a coup underway within the Democratic Party to replace Joe Biden. I'm trying to find this story here real quick because it's basically if I can't find it or not, I can do it from memory. But what it comes down to is Kamala Harris, for example. This is, this is demonstrative of the anarchy in this administration. So Kamala Harris, she was collaborating with the White House back in early April. They were going to cut this propaganda video to put out on social media about the Biden administration's extension of its pause on the federal student loan payments. So they were going to extend the pause, give people a break so you could pay it back later, stop, you know, 
increasing interest on it, but that is not good enough because the Kamala types, the radical leftists out there, they want universal loan forgiveness. They don't want to take responsibility for their loans that they took out and chose to do themselves when they got their gender study degrees that are not employable, where they can't make money off of it. And so Kamala's now decided she's not going to participate in this video. She's not going to be in it. She doesn't want to be associated with this video because it doesn't go far enough. She's worried that she's going to be associated with moderation, if you can believe it or not. And the, 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 the Democrat reaction, media reaction is non-existent to this. But I- imagine if Trump, while he was president, oh boy, imagine if, if his vice president Pence, if we learn that Pence pulled out of doing a video because he disagreed with Trump's policy, didn't want to be associated with it. They would have a field day, wouldn't they? They wouldn't stop talking about this. They'd drop it all. They'd be saying nobody respects Trump in his own administration. He's isolated. He's pathetic. Even his own people don't want to be associated with him. That's how bad Trump is. <clears throat> but, but the other takeaway from this is the Democrats, they don't care about pretending to be moderate. They've given up. They're not, you know, like I've said before, they always used to try to move center for elections. They're not doing that anymore. They're only... They're only trying to appeal to the rad- most radical element of the Democrat Party, and that's what the Democrat Party is today. It's an extremist party. And remember, if the Democrats are saying it about Republicans, you know, MAGA extremism, it's because they're extreme. They project everything that they are on other people. So they're only catering, only sucking up to the radical left. And the country isn't that way. But whatever, you know, what I say is good for them. Keep going down this road. Keep digging Democrats. Keep going radical left further and further because we're going to throw the dirt on them in November and again in 2024. I know it's a long way away, but trust me, there's a silver silver line into this madness. Now, these polls, uh, 61% of likely U.S. voters believe Biden should not run for a second term as president in 2024. That's what I'm saying, 61%. There's no way they run Joe Biden. The only question is, who's it going to be? And after the midterms, we're going to see this jockeying for positions to replace him. It's going to be insane. We've never seen anything like it before in politics. Um, So there you go. That's what's going on. So uh, I still think they're hosed. And, And why would people support Joe Biden? Did you hear about his latest embarrassing moment? So he was at this White House event on Wednesday, and the purpose was to honor U.S. Olympic and Paralympic athletes, right? So this Olympian, uh, Elena or Elena Taylor, well, she praised wheelchair player Matt Scott in her speech. And as Taylor, who was praising this guy in a wheelchair, Matt Scott, Paralympic athlete, she moved in for a group photo with him, and Joe Biden said, don't jump. What is with this guy? He did the same thing, though, back in 2008. This guy's always been an idiot. Do you remember when he was Obama's VP? Speaking of Si Se Puede in 2008. So, Obama, uh, well, he was Obama's VP nominee at the time. And Joe Biden, uh, he's out there giving a talk. And he points out, you know, as they always do, they point out their, their, their loyalists out there, other Democrats in the audience. So, so Joe Biden's talking, giving this speech, and he points out several state lawmakers in the audience. And 
One of the politicians in the audience was a guy named Chuck Graham. Do you know where I'm going with this? Do you, do you remember this? Chuck Graham is in a wheelchair. He can't stand up. He's in a wheelchair. And Biden says, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Imagine if Trump had done that ever. Ever. I mean, they, they would have had a, a, a heyday. A heyday, a field day. All right. I think let's um, let's end with this, actually. I was going to get into another story, but I'm, ju- I'm just going to tell you something. You know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I know, I know, I know. There, there's so much to fit in here, and I'm not going to get to it all. Um, I'll finish with this because it interests me, and that's why I do my show. It's just me, and I talk about what I want to talk about. So Adam Schiff, of course, doesn't care about this draft that was leaked from the Supreme Court, right? The draft that that suggests that they've decided they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Doesn't care if the draft was leaked. Of course he doesn't care. Of course he's not concerned with the identity. At least he's not, of course he's not concerned with, with the dangerous threat this poses to the workings of the Supreme Court, which is supposed to be shielded from political pressure. They don't care. They don't care at all. Well, you know, the media has no interest in finding out who this person is. I mean, it's going to come out at some point eventually, but I was just thinking about the doxing of that libs of TikTok person. Um, you know, she, Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post, went out of her way to, to find this person, research her and prove and dox her, give away her identity because she thought it was so important that the nation learn this because she was doing so much damage to the country by showing liberals in their own TikTok videos. And now you've got some of these individuals on our side trying to be citizen journalists to some extent. And some of them are writers and columnists maybe and so on and so forth, but, but they're out there trying to identify this person. They're putting out their own theories. And this is being condemned, totally condemned by the Democrats and their media calling it a witch hunt, a witch hunt. It's not a witch hunt. We need to get to the bottom of who this is. But this isn't a, is not important to Taylor Lorenz, right? We shouldn't get to the bottom of who the leaker is. She's only concerned with people who have Twitter accounts that post videos of, of liberals. And I, I mean... They want to protect this leaker's identity, doing everything they can to protect his identity. And it just shows you how, how partisan the Democrat Party is. How insidious they are. And you know the Democrats know who the leaker is, right? They, it was probably an inside job. Schiff and them, the liars that they are, they, they, they probably... I don't. I, this is the thing. The Democrats were behind this because it was a political strategy. The media was ready to go with the narrative, as I've said. The protesters were ready to go. And it's just beyond incredible to me that we don't know who this leaker was. Can you imagine if someone in the Biden administration leaked some damning phone call between, I don't know, Biden and Xi, Biden and Putin, Biden and anyone? Would they be saying, we don't care how the draft leaked? Would they want to protect that leaker's identity? Of course not. 
Of course not, because they don't care about the principle because they don't have any. They don't care about the morality because they don't have any. So, to end on good news, this isn't actually good news, by the way. Um, <clears throat> Dinesh D'Souza has his documentary coming out. It's, 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 it's 2,000 Mules. And they're not going through Netflix, none of that. They're, they're trying to avoid censorship of this. So they're doing it on Rumble and Locals. And this is going to be interesting to see for me because, you know, he's, he's got... Uh, it's an alternate platform. This hasn't really been done before. And we're going to test kind of this new infrastructure that the conservatives who are pro-free speech have, if people are going to actually use it. Because if this works... It's going to open up the floodgates for other successful conservative outlets out there. It's, it's a big test. They're not going the traditional route. And, I mean, D'Souza has an audience um, of, of 1.5, over 1.5 million subscribers on Rumble. He's got about 42,000 on this Locals uh, uh, thing. And this doc, I can't wait to see it. I haven't seen it yet, but D'Souza used surveillance footage of these individuals dropping off ballots at drop boxes and that they had apparently obtained 4 million minutes of footage they went to. And so this, this movie chronicle shows how these Democrat activists that they called mules, well, they were paid just like these activists that are protesting abortion, protesting the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Well, these, these mules, they were paid to, to collect and drop off ballots. And so he's got whistleblower interviews in there, people that came forward in Georgia and Arizona, for example, that describe, point out how they were paid $10 a ballot. There's a guy in Georgia that said he was paid more for the runoffs. And he was rehired. This is an industry, rehired to do more ballot trafficking in the Georgia runoffs that followed the November 2020 election. And there were a ton of people who were doing exactly what this guy did and it blows the lid on this operation and the reason behind the pressure to make universal mail-in ballots uh, take place in 2020. And so this is the first time we're seeing people talk about it, seeing the proof. And the Democrats are already trying to poo-poo this. They're out there trying to attack Dinesh's credibility. Um, you know, they're trying to say there's nothing to see here. We're not learning anything new. And when the Democrats downplay it, when the Democrats act like this, you know it's a big deal. You know it's a big deal. So their strategy right now, we'll see, you know, it's going to get vicious if this thing takes off. When this thing's released and if it starts to circulate and people talk about it, they don't have Twitter anymore because of Musk, so they can't shut down the conversation there. But what are they going to do? What are they going to do? It'll be interesting to see, but I'm excited to see that documentary, even though it's going to tick off you and me and the rest of us. Um... But nonetheless, it's uh, Cinco de Mayo again. Happy 5th of May out there. A holiday that celebrates and com commemorates the, uh, the greatness of America. I, I ran out of time here. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to get to the other story I wanted to mention about the Green New Deal stuff and, and all that. But I'll get to that next time. I'll get to that next time. But, but the, the Democrat Party in darkness is passing laws that are regulating appliances that are pushing the Green New Deal without any votes out of Congress, without any uh, anything like that. This, this, is, this is a administration that's gone totally rogue, and they're threatening the airlines too if they don't comply. And this is what they're going to start to do, by the way. Just get ready for it. They're going to start passing these regulations, and they're going to threaten these, these big companies to comply. 
And um, and they're trying to, to to basically compel this, coerce the rest of us into it by using the the airlines and other big companies to do their bidding. Uh, so that's going on. But anyway, all right. God bless you all. And until next time.